Welcome to Film Logic. A brand new wonderful day, isn't it? Indeed. Indeed, yes. <laughs> ah, so we are Film Logic, a brand new podcast about the movies of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and every fandom in between. And uh the brothers uh that we usually work with, we call them brothers, our cousins, whatever you want. Uh, they love talking about retro games and music through their other podcasts, Retro Logic and Retro Groove. But I really think we lucked out um, because we chose the most generous medium in art. Because, um, you know, in this life, it's impossible not to catch good movies for totally free. And you don't even have to buy a VCR. To get, like, the old movies, they're just everywhere. You know, our our brothers in arms doing the retro gaming stuff, I feel bad for them because they have to buy old stuff for lots of money. And, of course, Retro Groove talks about music. You, you, you can't just buy a... You can't buy an MP3. you got to get it on the vinyl, right? Indeed. Right. Do, do you have a preference? Do you, do you like... DVDs, digital streaming. I actually, I actually do like to still like to buy the actual um, like discs themselves. I know it seems like the the system is trying to go all digital, but I still buy discs because I love listening to commentaries and getting the special stuff on that you get on movies. And some movies, a, a lot of them actually, they only put that special stuff on the disc. So if you buy it through Apple. You get the iTunes extras and stuff, but you don't get those commentaries and stuff like that. And me being kind of a, a movie folly, I like to uh, watch those mm-hmm. extra stuff and listen to it and everything. And so um, you got to get the disc for some of that stuff. And so, so much so that I actually went and made an effort to get the PlayStation 5 with the disc drive just to thinking, OK, I want to be able to play my uh, my uh, 4K disc so I can see my special features. Oh, 4K. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, I don't even want to know what's next. You know, I came from a land where HD was amazing. I remember that debate. God, I remember, I remember, God, like there was the, I remember Googling so much who's going to win HD DVD or the Blu ray. And then, like, yeah, should I get, like, yeah, is the Xbox going to win out or the PlayStation going to win out? Like, which one's going to put their money in this stock and go that route? And then the end, Blue Way Run. And, right. uh, you know, so many things yes and uh i you know this is this is a rabbit trail but i have to bring it up um there was such a thing as hd vcr tapes uh or it was like the closest thing to hd um before the cassette thing died out or the tape thing died out um some companies tried to make very high quality you know, high-definition uh, VCR. And you can buy them. You can buy them on eBay. They have, like, a, I don't know. Um, there, someone did a YouTube video talking about these special tapes. Like, you could get a, a Men in Black in the high-quality VCR format. So. Wasn't it the box on the VHS tapes? Didn't they say, like, hi-fi? Is that how they advertise themselves? 
it has some some weird brand name, and you know you're getting the best VCR tape when you get that. Yeah, I thought it was like it was like Hi Fi was on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that died out. Well, anyways, anyways, you don't know our names. I'm Mike, um, the guy who constantly bombards the Retro Logic uh, Discord. And I'm with, for the very first time, well, I'll let you introduce yourself. Sure. And I'm Esten. Um, my handle on there is uh, Solo Something. And I guess I'm kind of like uh, an agent in the Matrix. I'm like everywhere, but at one time, like nowhere. So I'm kind of like all over the place. <laughs> Ooh, good movie reference. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, anyways, yeah. You know, this is the first time I'm seeing you. If you've been on our Discord, I probably don't know what any of your faces look like. I just know that half of you have a beard. And, oh, yeah, no. Yeah. So, or Aston, I can call you Aston now. You don't have a beard, and I don't have a beard. So we're in the minorities here. No, I will always stand close to the razor. I will never have a beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not the beard kind either. Anyways, let's jump right into... Um, what we've been watching these past few weeks. This is the very first thing, so uh, we have to catch everybody up to what we've been watching. Yeah, definitely. I look forward to seeing what uh, what all you've been watching. Mike, you go first, buddy. Oh, oh gosh. Okay, so I finally got around to watching Jurassic Park Dominion, which was on Peacock, the extended yeah. edition. Which, according to the trailer, it just shows, like, multiple shots of different dinosaurs in new ways. I couldn't tell you what was the extended part and what was part of the normal plot. But I did know that the Jurassic Park series still is following the trope where dinosaurs that weigh 300, 400 pounds can sneak up on people or just be outside of their vision in order in order to sneak up and scare them like these dinosaurs still have like silent stealth on and that's amazing and also i've noticed too that uh, i haven't watched the uh the extended extended edition that they have on peacock so yeah i don't know what extra footage has been added into there but i do know that it's also they still have dinosaurs that no matter how big they are and how muscular they are they seem to always only be able to run despite saying they clocked the t-rex as such and such Whenever they are chasing a human, they miraculously can only run around like maybe like slightly under the average running speed of a human. So it gives them ample time to get away. <laughs> right. Like uh, the, the laser raptors. Yeah. Right? Uh, Chris or no, it was uh, the the rebel rebel character. Um, I'm going to call her the girl with red hair. She was able to outrun. A oh, right. Raptor. Daughter. Yeah. 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 On. You know, on rooftops, she was able to outrun it. But then when Chris Pratt gets on his bike, his motorbike, you know, it's yeah. right on his tail, even though he's oh, yeah. 60. So my theory is that that girl can run 60 miles per hour. I know, right? Yeah, we need to put her on the Olympic team. She's going to be awesome. Yes. <laughs> She'll crush it. So uh, other movies, and we can talk about TV shows, too. Uh, but there's another cool movie that I saw. Um, by It was written by Scott Derrickson, who likes to do a lot of like horror movies. And I recently saw his Black Phone um, with Ethan Hawke as like the serial killer who wears that scary kind of uh, angry clown mask type thing. 
Mm-hmm. So, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's set in the 70s. It's about the serial killer who dresses up like a clown, almost, kind of like a ma- magician performer, and steals boys and then gives them false hope, but it just ends up probably just killing them. And about this, his latest victim being able to hear the to hear all the people that he's killed as ghosts and the ghosts kind of help him out. Yeah. I never, I have, I haven't watched a single bit of that, that movie or anything, but I did see it, but I've, yeah, I've noticed like Ethan Hawke, he definitely has started taking up more like kind of dark in the bad guy roles. Right. Like, getting away from like the Gattaca uh, movies that he was in where he was kind of like, you know, the, 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 the boy next door. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, he really is kind of, and which is kind of odd because I mean, you know, his daughter is in uh, Stranger Things, and right. so, uh, and so I'm like, yeah, so he's taking up some some pretty dark roles. I'm like, oh man, it's like you, you well, think like he, at this point he'd want to take up more stuff that like I could sit in this and watch this with my kid and she would enjoy it. But yeah, he's doing right. dark. Well, I think he's seeing his daughter make millions upon millions of each episode, and like, I need something in the 70s or 80s. With yeah. scary serial killers and ghosts, too. I need that Chips Ahoy hat. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So, other than that, my wife and I, uh, we finished all three seasons of Lock and Key on Netflix. And I think Lock and Key is kind of under the shadow of Stranger Things. Um, if you haven't had a chance to watch it, it's based on a graphic novel. Uh, the show, uh, people will always tell you the graphic novel is way better. Um, but you know, the graphic novel is way, way, way not for kids. Lock and key is a little bit more for kids. So I think we appreciated that, but it's about like a house with specialty magical keys that give people different powers when they unlock different doors. It was a good show. And I think it's, it's worth your time. Other things I've seen, uh, we watch Only Murders in the Building on Hulu with Martin Short and Steve Martin and Selena Gomez. And they were nominated for some Emmys. I have no idea if they won them, but I think they deserve them. And who doesn't love, and since I've gotten to, uh, since I've gotten the Peacock app, I've been watching a lot of Resident Alien with uh, with uh, Tudic. Alan, Alan Tudic. Tudic. Alan yeah. Tudic. Yeah, yeah. I no, love deadpan humor. I watch that show a lot. I've watched every season, every episode, and I love that. He cracks me up. It's, oh uh, my gosh. His one life. With his pizza and his love pizza and the way he acts, and he acts like, yeah, just awkward as a human and stuff like that. It's just spot on the way he pulls that off. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah, that show's genius and also based on a graphic novel. So. Can't go wrong. So, yeah. you have been watching some gems too. I yeah, see. No doubt. Yeah, I've uh, probably like kind of like some of like the some of them I've only watched like one episode and just kind of started getting into. Other ones I've kind of watched them through because um, they've you know the series has ended. Um, mm-hmm. Like uh, just started uh, with you know we've been watching House of Dragon. Which is, of course, the follow-up or the prequel—not the follow-up, the prequel—to uh, Game of Thrones. Watched all the mm-hmm. way through Game of Thrones, and so I'm enjoying House of Dragon or House of the Dragon. 
Um, I know a lot of people I was reading online kept saying they felt like this, uh, compared to Game of Thrones, they felt like House of the Dragon was a little bit too uh, chit-chatty, and they were wanting some more action. Um, they've had two episodes thus far that have actually had some good uh, pace to it as far as action, if you're ready for just like less talk, more you know bashing. Um, this last mm-hmm. week's episode definitely has a scene in it that... Uh, or a sketch whole act in it that actually has a lot of action into it. Um, so, I mean, it's building up. It's giving its time to kind of set its pace and find its way and build itself. I mean, you can tell it's trying to set itself apart for Game of Thrones, but at the same time, you can tell certain scenes and certain areas where it's giving us winks to Game of Thrones. And if you would watch Game of Thrones, you're like, okay, I because I followed Game of Thrones and I watched it, I know in the scene that they're setting right here that this will not go well. Um, because I know in this world how these things happen. And um, so I'm enjoying it. And it's, you know, by, by this point with story arcs with characters, you're already kind of getting those people that you really do hate. And at least for me, where I'm just like, ugh, I really wish that guy would really kind of like, not necessarily get it, but I wish he would be knocked down two or three levels. And um, good show. Definitely good show. Um, I'm enjoying that. Um, it's mm-hmm. like this. And that comes on like on uh when does that that come on Sundays on HBO Max. Um Amazon. I've been watching the because uh, I like uh, Tolkien. I've been watching the Rings of Power and um enjoying that also thoroughly. Um still have a lot of questions. That thing is setting its own pace. So it has mm-hmm. like uh it's building itself and allowing you know room to breathe so it's not revealing too much too soon. Um there are some characters in there and you're um, like saying, huh? I don't know really who this is. And I mean, there's a lot of questions yet to be answered. Um, but it is nice because throughout it, they do mention names um, and family lineage names. And you're like, oh, yeah, I remember them from like um, Lord of the Rings. And so, I mean, if you are a Tolkien fan, um, mm-hmm. you'll definitely enjoy watching the show because you'll actually get some nostalgia just alone from watching the show. And, um, but again, it is definitely setting its own uh, its own pace. But it has all the major kind of like characters. It's got your elves, it's got your dwarves, it's got the humans. So it's um it's good. Um, I'd say that show comparatively to me, I feel compared to House of the Dragon, I feel like Rings of Power. I feel like comes out of the gate swinging a little bit faster for action. Oh really? Yeah. As far as 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 far as like you know, um, setting its pace quicker to getting into like uh to um the fight scenes and stuff like that yeah that's um, that's uh wow like that's a series so it doesn't have to it doesn't have any rush and house of the dragon is a movie right so you think they would jump to action as quickly as possible well actually no house of the dragon is a series it's a series on hbo you know max it's not a movie no no it's a prequel uh series yeah i don't know how many seasons they are green lighting on hbo max um so but uh hbo max doesn't really i can't think they don't really have a history of counseling canceling excuse me anybody like sci-fi does i.e mm-hmm. firefly so um so i i think like i can allow myself to be invested into this series and it'd be pretty safe at this point and uh mm-hmm. but um and then i've watched on netflix i've watched one episode of uh uh the sandman i've been on there because i've started kind of checking it out um and that's kind of interesting. I can't add too much to it. Someone that's actually been following it more could probably like educate me more to it. Um, but that actually is kind of interesting. They start with kind of like there's this uh, deity 
that's kind of the master and controller of dreams. And he has some henchmen on Earth where he there's this human that wants to bring back essentially a small premise of the story. I won't reveal too much plot mm-hmm. line during a uh, person of the actual uh, that he's lost. And so he conjures up trying to conjure up someone, but he conjures up the wrong person and he conjures up the uh, the keeper of dreams. And that begins like the story arc. And, and so he is uh, he's kind of disappointed in a way. But then he kind of learns this person like, oh, OK, now maybe I can kind of use this. Uh, the keeper of dreams, the Sandman, um, to my uh, to build, you know, to my will to kind of get maybe achieve what I want to get done. So um, it's got potential. Yeah, um, it's a male game and uh, piece. So I have not been able to get into anything, uh, not because of he disappoints me, but just for lack of time. Yeah, the. Uh, the next one I have on there is uh, I like watching a lot of documentaries. I'm a little bit of a documentary junkie. And that one is Sir No Face. Um, mm-hmm. That was a documentary they had on, up on Amazon Prime for a while. Um, if you want to see anything about, like, talk anything about paranormal, about UFO, about Bigfoot and stuff like that, about documentaries, then I am probably your guy because I have, like, seen so much stuff. I watch a lot of that kind of stuff. And um, Sir No Face is uh, – uh, basically, is this guy who actually went to uh, Australia to give a uh, do a documentary, and he wanted to do a documentary on actual uh, ghosts. And he happened to catch footage, but when he he couldn't figure out what it was, but he released the footage to the internet. He's like saying, "Show me what this is." And a lot of people went back and they, "Oh, smack! You've captured an actual alien playing his day." And it got so much attention that the actual Australian government. Uh, certified researching uh, this facility and stuff, researching this documentary and actually seeing what more to it. And the documentary is quite lengthy. I think it's like a two-hour documentary, but it follows this guy and actually like how people approached him at conventions, very shady people, and mm-hmm. and were like uh, accosting him and stuff like that and were kind of a deep throat fashion. And um, there's a follow-up to it, actually a second documentary to it. But um, I mean, if you're into UFO stuff, I would definitely say see that because the footage he captures captures is quite uh, remarkable. That is and, interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, like I say, I, I love paranormal stuff and UFO stuff, and uh, I'm almost like yeah, a fox molder, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was all through the X Files, but the uh, another one I'm watching is the Final Table. And that's just a cooking show they do on Netflix. And it, they go from country to country and they challenge people, uh, these chefs. And the outcome of it is that you, um, at the end, if you get to be kind of the, the last contestant, you get to be on the final table. And it's real interesting if you're looking to, like, you know, watch cooking shows and stuff. It's a bit of a different twist. And um, so that one's I've been watching. It's over now this season. Um, we mentioned Resident Alien. Um, love that show. I mean, Alan Tudyk is doing a great job with that. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's so funny. Especially when she comes in and he's like, "Gives her, you can have the pizza coupons. That is all I want from the mail. I don't concern myself with the human stuff. These bills." And yes. he just cracks me up with his deadpan humor. And when he oh. calls the little kid these little ugly names and stuff, <laughs> the chemistry on that set. And then the sheriff. I love the sheriff on that set oh. and his little, his little cluelessness at times. Yeah, I love to hate him, which means he's 
He's a well-written character. Yeah, yes. So much well-written stuff on that series. The um another and this is a movie actually. Um I'm Ryan Reynolds fan, so I've been watching I've watched, haven't been watching, it's a movie. I've watched Six Underground, which is on Netflix. Real good movie um by Ryan Reynolds. I definitely really? say you liked it. Huh? You liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did I didn't see it, but I know it it won like a Razzie Award. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, it was uh, definitely good pace to it. I didn't feel like it had too much like kind of like downtime for, you know, just basically doing a lot of. Uh, I mean, I could see a little bit where like someone might not like the pace because there are moments where it flashes back to show you a little bit of a character piece on each team. But it's not bogged down as in like 20 minutes of it. Um, I mean, it just it goes quickly and shows you a little bit about each character as far as that's on the team. Then it catches you back up to speed. So it just allows just enough tidbit to let you get invested in the characters. And, uh, I mean, it's got good humor. I mean, if you like Ryan Reynolds, like, you know, Deadpool um, humor, then you'll like this. And uh, it's got a good ending to it. Really good ending. Well, new light shown on a movie. I like it. And then the last one I kind of added on there was uh, Logan Lucky. Um, This one has got Channing Tatum. Um, it's got Adam Driver, of course, uh, Kylo Ren, um, and then it's got the um, Daniel Craig in it, and real good movie, um, bit of an older movie, um, not too much old, it's been a handful of years back, but a real good movie, they actually, uh, they go and they try and pull off this heist of a NASCAR track, try and steal all the, the money that day from the concessions of everything that's happening there, and Channing Tatum is a minor and so he uses the uh, drill bits and stuff to try and drill into, like, getting into the uh, actual way they actually get the money. And so the, the chaos ensues and stuff, and they have to bring in certain team members and stuff. And everyone is real written. If you want to see kind of like, you know, the Kylo Ren out of the Kylo Ren outfit and play, and they all kind of play these these uh, these uh, West Virginia mountain men accents and stuff, and it's it's really done as well. It's got, some, it's got Katie Holmes in it, and... Uh, it's got uh, some good humor in it, so I would say definitely if anyone wants to see uh, Lucky Logan, I'd say definitely watch it. it. It's really it was kind of I would say a sleeper hit. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna say if it's got Kylo Ren in it, when does Mark Hamill try to kill him in this movie? <laughs> he's, he's definitely not in it, and uh, <laughs> he actually is. Uh, I can't remember. Let me think. If you want to make a reference to Mark Hamill. Kylo Ren or Adam Driver in this movie actually does have a prosthetic arm that's chopped off from the elbow down. Um, but I think I'm not sure if it's I got to remember if it's actually the arm that Luke got chopped off. So if you're trying to make a connection, <laughs> you know, my fan theories are off the wall now. Yeah. Yeah. How did you take for bacon? Together? Well, Anyways, that is, I think that's just every movie ever made. Um, so we should just move on to a brand new game that I like to call Let's Get Gross. How you play Let's Get Gross. So you might, you might know about the other podcasts. Uh, specifically RetroLogic, where they try to guess the retail value of classic games. Well, we're going to do something a little bit different. 
I'm going to give you a movie, and you have to tell me how much it grossed worldwide. So don't think hundreds, think millions. Well, if the movie's good, it'll <laughs> make a couple million. So, Depending on the time frame. Yeah. So these movies that I'm going to bring to you could be between $1 million grossed to 1000 or to $900 million grossed. So I'm going to give you a movie. You have to guess. Now, you're the only one here. We were supposed to have another co-host on here, and hopefully we'll get to him in future episodes. Presto, if you're out there, you know, pouring out this drink for you. There you go. Anyways, <laughs> you are going to um you are gonna be going against our our AI. Um our AI is going to be guessing three hundred million for all of these. So if he's closest, then you're letting the computers win. You're letting the matrix win and shame on you. Yeah. But if you can guess them, in your mind, yes. Uh, if you can guess them, then uh, you uh, will have won. And for those of you keeping score at home, you can write down how many points he's won. Right now, I'm the only one giving these, but hopefully, in the future, you can play along with us by giving us movies and telling us how much they grossed, and we have to guess from your list. So let's get started. And just so you know, uh, the AI that's always guessing 300 million um, mm -hmm. on the other podcast, his name is Poltergeist, which he's a ghost, which is cool and fun. But here we have Amy Polargeist, which is, <laughs> you know, is it the real Amy Polar? Maybe it's movie related. So you're playing against Amy Polar. Um, Amy Polargeist, sorry. So our first movie is Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. How much did it gross? 2.4 million. Mm, okay. I'm going to I'm going to write these down. Okay. And then you are going to we're going to go over the answers once we go through them all. Okay. The 1990s movie Dumb and Dumber, starring Jim Carrey. Um, how much did that gross worldwide? Mm. I feel like that got popular the more it was out in the ether. So I'm going to go low. One point. This is just box office, right? Yes. Yeah. 1.2 million. 1.2 million worldwide. Now, as we go, let me tell you, your options are between 1 million and 900 million. So I don't want you to forget, there's a lot of numbers you have at your disposal here, Eston. Right. All right, we have Moulin Rouge, 2001, directed by Baz Luhrmann with Nicole Kidman, Ewan McGregor. How much did that? Raken. 150. 150 million. Okay.
I actually did bring a movie to the uh, to the game, so I can actually. Oh, well, I can't wait to answer that. Okay. Yeah. Our next movie is Garfield: A Tale of Two Kitties. It's the sequel to Garfield, directed by Tim Hill, um, starring uh, Bill Murray and Peter Brecklin as John Arbuckle. And as you know, our our beloved patron. Uh, Dan is a huge Garfield fan, so shout out to you, Dan. Uh, let me see. Well, Bill lives like 25 minutes from me, and mm-hmm. I drove by his house just yesterday, so I'm actually going to give him props, and I'll actually say he, um, let me say, I'll say $45 million. I'll put it up there. $45 million. I love the bill. And since Dan likes it, I'll throw it up there. All right. And finally, or not finally, but the next movie is Ghostbusters 2016, the all-female cast directed by Paul Feig. Uh, oh, I'd say $175 million. Hundred and seventy-five million. That's a that's a good number. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, and then finally, the sequel to the Crow, the Crow, City of Angels. Um, God, that I'd say probably two twenty, two twenty million. Two twenty. Yeah, the Crow was pretty popular. I know people wanted to see part two pretty bad. Yes. Well. Are you ready for the truth? Can I handle the truth? (laughs) For Batman v Superman, you said um, that that movie only grossed $2.4 million. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was $873 million. That was way off. (laughs) Yes. Amy Poehler guest has to win that one. Unfortunately, it wasn't like so popular. I mean, people rate that movie through the coals. That was what's so surprising me. I should have gone higher. Well, you know, as much as they raked it, everyone had to see it. And I think that's that's what got all its money. They might not have seen it again, but everyone had to see it. Um, The movie Dumb and Dumber, you said one point two million. It actually got two hundred and forty seven million. So Amy Polarguest wins that one. Oh, yes, that is true. Amy Polarguest got the closest. This third one, Moulin Rouge, you said 150 million. And you were actually the closest. It's 179. 179 million. Good. That's a lot of money back in 2001. Because I'm trying to keep in mind what year this came out and the currency and the inflation at that time. So. All right. Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties. Um, you said $45 million. Now, fun fact, Garfield actually spent $60 million on its budget to make the movie. And I'm guessing $59 million of it went to Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> but 
they ended up getting back $143 million. Can you believe it? A movie with 20% of Rotten Tomatoes can make bank. They got carried by the animation character history alone. Yep. So, Ghostbusters 2016. Oh, by the way, um, let's see. I think I think Amy pulled... Oh, wait a minute. Who won that one? You said 45, and she guesses 300. Mm-hmm. I think you I think you were the closest. No, no, what am I thinking? I'm being dumb. Amy definitely won. Okay. Sorry, math. No. Uh Ghostbusters. You said 229 million, which tells me you liked that movie. Um but they only raked in 175 million worldwide. Wow. Yeah, actually I was actually not, I was lukewarm actually about the movie. I just thought actually because it was like a revival of the actual series and they actually featured some of the actual classical cast that mm-hmm. I thought like, oh, okay, so it would sell more on that. And plus it had Chris Hemsworth in it. So I'm like, okay, so it's going to bring in some of the actual, like uh, the Thor loving audience. So. Absolutely. And. I think you, yep, you were, you beat out Amy. Amy had a little too much high hopes for that. <laughs> and yeah, she didn't, she couldn't, she didn't get the job done. I still got to see the new Ghostbusters. I hear it's awesome. Yeah, me too. But it's, it was so under the radar. But uh, All right. And finally, The Crow, City of Angels. Only raked in seventeen million dollars. You said two hundred and twenty, but you are s- you're still closer than Amy. So it's actually a three way tie. Or you got three, she got three. Hey, yay! So actually, you- I went and saw the crow too in in the movie theater. Did you see the first one or the second one? The third one, the fourth one, or the fifth one? I think the last three came out straight to DVD. No, yeah, I saw the first and the second one, and that was when I stopped. But yeah, the first and the second one I saw in the theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the third one, um, it, you know, it went downhill. Yeah, because I like Brandon Lee, because I was a fan of his other movie, Fire, uh, Fire with Fire. It was a good uh, martial arts movie. Yeah. I, I saw the one that had. Uh, Shoot that actress from Friends, um, R- Rachel. I know her as Rachel. Oh, um, you saw uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston, yeah. Jennifer yeah. Aniston was like in the third or fourth one. Oh, she was. She was yeah. in a pro movie. Wow. Yeah. And really, I think that was the only reason I wanted to give it a chance. It was just like if Jennifer Aniston's in it. That's great. Well, anyways, uh, that is a complete tie, so you have to give me yours now. Okay. With the returning of the theater here uh, this Friday, coming back to the theater, and also part two coming out this December, which I am stoked about, what do you say would be the uh, worldwide gross for the very first Avatar movie, the James Cameron Avatar? Well, if we're basing it off of uh, 
how Endgame was it? No, it was uh, it was the one before Endgame reached a billion, which was a huge milestone. Uh, I'm you know I'm going to do a straight up billion. It was two point eight five billion dollars uh, worldwide. Uh, yeah, okay. It, it beat out Endgame. I think Endgame. I think if I remember right, came out at at two point eight billion, and so it's still to this day right now, according to what I was researching, uh, Avatar still holds the uh, record for the most sales worldwide. Yes, and you know it needs to be said that without that worldwide sales, a lot of directors would be out of business. Oh yeah. You can't rely on America to get your movie off the ground. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm excited about part two coming out. I'm definitely looking forward to it. The way of the water. And the, uh, the, so, uh, it's interesting to see too, how some movies, they'll actually, they won't do well here, but then they go foreign and they do so much better. And then some movies foreign, uh, don't do well, but they come back here and they're a hit. Like I was watching Clint Eastwood being interviewed, and he was talking about his early part of his careers, and he was talking about, yeah, a lot of the stuff I was doing over there in Italy wasn't selling too well, and then I came back to the States, and they're like, Eureka, man, you're like a hit over here with your spaghetti westerns. People are just loving them. And uh, I knew that, but back in like Italy, they just really weren't doing that well. Well, bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Let's get to the meat of our topic. Um, since we're so fresh off the heels of our brothers in arms doing retro logic and, you know, video games, we love talking about video games. But, you know, we don't talk enough about movies that are based on video games. And especially, we're, we don't talk about the patron saint of all the movies that are based on video games, and that is the beloved and infamous Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers, made in 1993, uh, with John Leguizamo as Luigi and Bob Hoskins as Mario. And who can forget Dennis Hopper as King Koopa? That movie was cringeworthy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like, oof. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, there's going to be a lot of emotions about this movie, and I think we need to go through all of them. Uh, you know, let's talk about Annabelle Jankel and Rocky Morton. How when they were given, they were given this movie, the reins to this movie, they wanted they wanted so little to do with the actual atmosphere and the story of the video game because back then you didn't make video games video game movies based on the video game you made the like the video game kind of fit into what's cool in the movies at the time and what was cool was like dark utopias mhm and so i know this rocky morton he really wanted a dark utopia he actually wanted it darker. Like the, in an interview, he was, he really, really wanted it to be an even darker than the one we got. So, 
Um, imagine, imagine where he could have gone with it. He wanted it to be like more violent. Yeah, you know, he wanted it to be more, you know, dark, death, despair. Um, wow, I was about to have a hard time imagining Nintendo would allow that to even like right. get by, by. I don't even know how Nintendo let this one get by. Yeah, I know, right? And they're like phone calls being made after seeing dailies. <laughs> yeah. You know, back in 1993, it was so cool that your beloved Mario characters were getting anything. Yeah. We didn't have, we didn't have like preferences where, you know, we didn't, we don't, we didn't, the word reboot didn't mean anything to us. Remaster, you know, let's try that again. You know, Chris Pratt was not on our minds. Um, We didn't have Pixar to, cast a vision. All we had was you know, whatever dark and gritty director wanted to uh, shed some light on us. And so I I thought it was so cool. You know, all my friends, we were nine years old. We thought to ourselves, this is amazing. You know, we're getting some, we're getting a dark Super Mario Brothers um, a movie that would have such famous lines as "Trust the Fungus." Yeah, I I didn't like I I like cringed at that movie because like I saw it and then I was like I cannot relate this movie that much already anything other than just like they have the names kind of like in the outfits like toward like the games I've been playing I feel like I mean I didn't feel like I just felt like it was like like the people took their artistic visions and just ran with it. And they were told you can do whatever you like to with here's your money and stuff. And they didn't try like they were trying to make a movie. And then there was going to be a game and they didn't really want the world, the two worlds to converge too much. But right. it was like, man, OK, we're over here doing this. You're over there playing your video game and we're not going to try and be, make it to where like, OK, at any point in the future, we're not going to be like, OK, Nintendo can say, hey, now you can go out and buy in a couple months. You know, Super Mario Brothers, the movie, the video game, though, to play and play in the movie that you played, like they did with kind of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit or something like that. So it was just kind of like, yeah, I was like, okay, this is very dissociative of the actual game to me. So I I didn't, like I say, I I was like, if anyone wanted to watch it, I would say uh, spend your time doing something else. And that's just my taste. I remember when my, it was right around my birthday when the Mario Brothers movie was about to come out. Mm-hmm. And instead of going to that movie, which is what all my friends wanted, instead I took them to Sidekicks starring Chuck Norris. And, I remember that. That is uh, like, yeah. All my friends like were like, why didn't you bring us to Mario Brothers? You know, the cool movie. And now, now I can clearly see that I, <laughs> I brought them to the right movie. I yeah, definitely. Yeah, you want more, more about you got an action face. Yeah, much more like, like okay. Yeah, I can definitely like watch this movie and not feel like yeah. oh, this is like cheesy acting and cringing and stuff like that. So, what people like about this movie is it's it's your classic, you know, princess gets stolen uh, film. Um and. You know, they had to keep that part. I read some of the I read some of the former scripts, and in every script before it, uh, Luigi was was always supposed to be the young studly guy, 
that falls in love. You know, it was never Mario and the princess. It was always Luigi. In their um, script? Yeah, in the script. Okay. okay. So in previous scripts, they tried to make it more like a um they tried to make it more like a spin-off of, you know, the Wizard of Oz. And then in another script, they tried to make it more sci-fi. Um but in in another script, they were they wanted a more diehard model. Where you you had to see like, John playing, yeah. But seriously, like Bruce Willis was supposed to make a cameo, like him crawling out of a pipe as oh, yeah? Mario and Luigi are passing him, because they wanted like uh you know they wanted like a Lethal Weapon Die Hard type feel where Mario had to like break into. Um, you can actually read these old scripts. If you look up um, the Mario Brothers movie scripts, there's a website that's devoted to all the drafts that didn't make it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the fact that uh, this draft actually made it into the movie, the one that we have today, just boggles my mind. Um, that's, that's hard to believe. And these, these scripts you're talking about, these aren't like, like rewrites while yeah. they're filming. This is actually stuff that was actually composed and submitted as far as let's make a movie about this. Let's make a movie about this. Let's make a movie about this. And out of the stack of 20, they said, we'll choose this one. And we'll run with that. Right. So this is what started the generation of video games becoming movies. Or, you know, this is the birth child. Before that, I think the only thing we really had was Tron, which was a movie first and then a game. And then after that, we had The Wiz, The Wizard, which is pretty much a commercial for Mario, Super Mario Brothers 3 for Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> a really nice commercial, but... Um, I'm trying to think. What, what, when, did, uh, when did we get... Um, what was his name? Scott Wolf? When did we get Double Dragon? When did that one pop up on the radar? Double Dragon was shortly after. In... Because I know that one came up 1994, a year after. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, they did. They tried to do the double dragon thing. Yep. And then uh, shortly after Mortal Kombat, which actually, I actually, I enjoyed Mortal Kombat. I was like, okay, this feels like the game. This, this is kind of rad. And then I think they didn't let it go too long. And then Street Fighter with Van Damme popped up. Oh yes. Now Street, I think Street Fighter was first, um, because. Yeah, there was a there was a time in the '90s where you had to have fighting games as, as live action, and then there was a time when you had to turn. So it was a game turned into a movie, and then you had to turn the movie into a game. So you can and play I, it. Yeah. yeah, and I remember renting that on Sega Saturn and saying, "Oh, you know, I uh, I think this is so cool. I'm playing a m- game about a movie about a game." identity crisis yeah (laughs) and so you know all these things they live in the hall of shame for video game history yeah because then they i guess i guess mortal Kombat. i guess it actually was considered constitutionally like financially a success because they came out with mortal Kombat 2 annihilation yeah yeah you know once again we can thank the worldwide audience for boosting everyone's paycheck yeah, and I, I think like you can go. In, I think to this point, you can go kind of any place, and you hear that Mortal Kombat that that title sequence, and everybody knows that opening beat. 
right. of, uh, that, of that soundtrack. And uh, I've even seen it used in karate competitions and stuff like that. So, I mean, it brought us a great soundtrack. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh, and that was another, like, that was another, like, I can, I can, I can say that maybe that was the first semi-successful video game movie. Yeah. Like, I can't think of a single one that that made it. I, I don't know where you how you feel about Double Dragon, but I don't think it did mm. very well. I don't think so either. I think it was just kind of a popcorn, yeah, Saturday matinee. But I think yeah, I think like the first one that actually was like I felt some legitimacy. I feel was like Mortal Kombat, yeah. and then. Because Street Fighter tried to do it by hiring big names, mm-hmm. but but it, you know it, Street Fighter became too much kind of campy in a way with its movie. So now we're in the two thousands and we start getting a rush of video games. Um, Final Fantasy came out. And I think the only thing that Final Fantasy Spirits Within movie had anything to do with the RPG is there was a lot of side missions the group did. <laughs> Other than that, it had nothing to do at all with the game. And that was all, but remember, it was all animated, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I heard that it took like 700 PlayStations to power up the computers. Something yeah, cool. Yeah, it was all animated, and I remember it had that claim to fame and had that uh the uh creed uh track that everybody wanted to buy from the movie <laughs> that's uh, all god bless creed yeah <laughs> adding value to movies everywhere yeah <laughs> yes can you take me yeah yeah there you go yeah yeah everybody and wanted that, that song <laughs> Yeah. And that was before you could go online and just buy that one song. You had to buy the whole album. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You had to go down to Sam Goody. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Well, anyways, we, we skip ahead to, I, I know there's probably uh, a lot of games in between, but World of Warcraft is the next like most memorable game that turned into a movie. And I actually haven't heard anyone say anything negative about it. I will say, yeah, it, it yeah, I, I played World of Warcraft 12 years hardcore. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I would consider myself definitely a, a veteran of World of Warcraft. I can still spout out landmarks, places to go to complete this quest, raid dungeons, names, and stuff like that, like I'm writing my own name. That's how much it is burned into my psyche and my memory. Mm-hmm. And they spot on, did that movie, Duncan, did that movie so well. And I don't know the actor's name, but the war chieftain he hired for the uh, orcs actually was a Warcraft player himself in real life. And so he wanted to bring it to the actual his role. And Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, they actually I'm hoping they come out with a part two because they actually end and it fits so well. I mean, if you play the games, I mean, they have parts and winks in there to game players. You hear Murlocs. you, You can tell this is Goldshire. I mean, you you can just watching the movie, you know where they're at, you know the environment they're in, you know who's who. I mean, it is just they follow the story to a T and um, and it is definitely um, the game to a T. And it, they yeah, it's definitely it, it, they well done, Duncan. Well done. You did a good job there. <laughs> right. It, 
did people try to get married like like uh like they do in the game where you just come meet up a stranger hey you want to get married and you could yeah you could you could you can get like people would have these like marriages in the games and stuff like that and everything and it was a uh, it was really crazy how people would uh this 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 culture developed and grew and grew and grew and grew and um that was part of that culture and it was uh but yeah that movie yeah that movie is like really it does it it does really well i mean if you if even I mean, if you don't play world of warcraft and you just want to watch just a good like kind of game made into movie and you're looking for a kind of a good sci-fi type you know okay i'm looking for like you know throw down sci-fi action you know um fantasy movie it's still standalone good movie you don't have to be like a warcraft veteran player to actually appreciate the movie i feel Mm-hmm. Um, so in the vein of fighting movies um, or fighting games that became movies uh, Tubi right now has both Tekkens uh, so the Tekken that came straight to DVD live action um, and Tekken 2 which is uh, they didn't learn their lesson the first time when the Tekken <laughs> didn't do so well but I have to say that Tekken, the Tekken movie is about, you know, the Iron Fist tournament, you know, fighting, you know, fighting your way through these corporations by winning their tournaments, yada, 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 every fighting movie story. Um, one of the ridiculous things. So, you know, one of the characters in the Tekken series is Hihachi, and he's like this, like cranky old man. Um, you know, with these these angry eyebrows and this hair that juts up. And I think they tried so hard to reproduce the look on the actor. But uh-huh. it really looks like they just taped wool to like they found a bald actor just taped wool to different parts of his face. Because he just looks so ridiculous. So it's like it's made by like film students. Yeah, like well, everyone else looks normal and uh, dignified, and uh, and then you you just have uh, this guy with wool taped to his face. <laughs> and this is like movies that went straight to DVD, or was right, this like, right, oh, well, yeah. or to whatever you call it, 4K now, I guess you call it, yeah, yeah the. Uh, but that's uh, I didn't know they were taking movies out there yet. Right, I, I'm I am proud because it's the actual f- based on a fighting game movie that actually incorporates the tournament into the movie uh you know in mortal Kombat, they kind of skirt around um they kind of skirt around it by you know every just the main characters getting into all these fights but you know this one actually is about the tournament like it shows like the ladder of you know who has to beat who i I mean it'd be good if they spend more time like it like mortal Kombat. I felt they like rushed Scorpion and Sub Zero so fast through there, and Reptile so fast through there. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. here they go, here they go, here they go. I know everybody loves these characters, but there they go. Okay, that scene's over. Let's go, move, 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 move. Got to keep story going. And I wish they'd have spent more time on them. Uh, but uh, like with Tekken, actually, I've never played any Tekken games, but I know some of the characters just being around and in the arcades and being on the mm-hmm. console. But they have like the guy that's got the Jaguar head. Is he in the movie? He's not. He might be in the second one. I haven't seen it. One of the one of the like major most beloved characters 
Um, Eddie Gordo, the guy who does Capoeira. Yeah, I know there's a Capoeira guy. Yeah. Everybody loves Eddie Gordo, right? Yeah. He's in the movie for five minutes. He gets beaten up by a character no one likes. And, you know, that's that's it. It's like Capoeira got a bad rap then, huh? They should have, like, watched and Only the Strong. And uh, then they would see what Capoeira can do. <laughs> you know, like, so I, I'm disappointed that they, they fridged uh, Eddie Gordo so fast. And instead, they use, like, he's supposed to have, like, a cousin uh, who also does Capoeira, but they used yeah. her for totally, like, she's not related to him in the game or, yeah. like, in the movie. Like, they totally, they just use her name and make her a totally different character. Yeah. I think they I just like- needed someone very good looking to win over the main character. If you want to see like a Capoeira movie, there's that movie is like came back in the day in the nineties, only the strong with actually uh, Mark the caucus um, plays this guy. He has to go get help his troubled youth and he teaches him Capoeira and stuff like that. It's actually a very good entertaining movie. I enjoyed it thoroughly and I've watched it multiple times now and it actually showcases Capoeira with real Brazilian people doing the Capoeira and a lot of people don't realize that Martin Cockus, of course, now is the uh, the grandmaster of events for uh, the Iron Chef series. Nice. Yeah, and he's in the John Wick movies. But yeah, if you want to see him back in the day with where he learned to do all these flips and stunts, his shoes and stuff like that, go yeah, watch Only the Strong, and you can see him in there doing his capoeira. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, enough about these high quality movies. Let me tell you about a producer named Yui Bull. Yui Bull made it his mission to take every popular video game and make it into a low-budget, straight-to-DVD movie. And here's his accolades. So he went for House of the Dead. Uh-huh. You know That was kind of on the heels of Resident Evil. Um, he did Alone in the Dark, Blood Rain, In the Name of the King, A Dungeon Siege Tale. Uh, Postal, Blood Rain 2, Alone in the Dark 2, um, In the Name of the King, Two Worlds, that's another Dungeon Siege, but I think they just really walked away from that game. Um, <laughs> Blood Rain, the Third Reich. Uh, let's see, there's more. Um, in the Name of the King, the third one, The Last Mission. By then, it had nothing to do with Dungeon Siege at all. It had more to do with Russia. And so this guy is like the king of stinkers when it comes to movies. Um, But like he was just, he made it his goal to direct and produce all these movies based on video games, making sure that, you know, he, he could live off of the license. And I think I think you can see like a lot of these movies on those free websites that just show whatever they can get their hands on. Uh-huh. So if you just if you want any B movie goodness, if you're like if you're in the market for, I wonder how Alone in the Dark looks as a movie. I think that's the one starring Christian Slater. Yes, that one made it in theaters, and Christian Slater got the head on that one. Oh, and Tara Reid. She was also the female in that movie. So, what, what year was that one? That one was two thousand five. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's like, I'm trying to think of the guy. I didn't know Christian Slater. I like Christian Slater a lot. I mean, I go all the way back with Gleam in the Cube with him and uh, loved mm-hmm. him in that. And yeah, so I was surprised. Yeah. Because I remember it's that one he was doing, still doing that iRobot series. So yeah, that's pretty interesting that he went off and did that movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, something's got to pay for his boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I never heard of uh, that, uh, the guy you're talking about. No, I mean, I've never even like played any of those games that you've mentioned. And um, so I was like, I didn't know some of these movies are out there and existed. That somebody took them and actually, you know, made them into like movies for people to watch and stuff and see what it would be like. And uh, did he do Silent Hill also? Um, Silent Hill, another great, like uh, that movie scared the pants off me. Yeah, because I saw the movie and I was like, it's good. Lord, no, this I don't <laughs> Um, I have a list of every movie or every game that became a movie. And I think it goes in order. So Super Mario Brothers, Double Dragon, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Wing Commander, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, Resident Evil, House of the Dead, Alone in the Dark, Doom, Silent Hill, Dead or Alive, another fighting game, Um, Postal, Hitman, Dungeon Siege, Far Cry, Max Payne, Tekken, Prince of Persia, uh, Need for Speed, Warcraft, Assassin's Creed, um, Dead Trigger, that's based on an app, an Android iOS app. Oh my god, they can take an apps now. Yeah. Uh, Detective Pikachu, Sonic the Hedgehog, Monster Hunter, Mortal Kombat, oh, that one. Oh, Werewolves. Yeah, Werewolves Within. Um, Uncharted, and wow, I I think those are just the major ones. That's not even talking about the ones that are made super super low budget. Yeah, I was gonna say about half of those I've actually seen. Like I've seen uh like some of the like Need for Speed. I've seen that one like two or three times now. I actually enjoyed that one. I mean, it's got fast cars, and at the very end, is of all people, he jumps into the seat. Off from off camera, and you're like, my God, it's Michael Keaton. <laughs> right. Oh. Yeah. And so, does that compare to Under or Six Underground, to the Need for Speed movie? Oh, different movies. That's like saying, how ripe is that orange and tasty is it compared to that apple? I would <laughs> say, yeah, definitely. It's hard to compare the two different types of movies. I mean, it's a, uh, I mean, it's definitely, uh, Need for Speed is it's if you like racing stuff, I mean it is good. I mean I would say I enjoyed Need for Speed a little bit more than Fast and Furious because I feel like Fast and Furious, except for maybe one or two of them, was getting a little bit longer than two for racing movies. So but I like the Need for Speed, and um, I'm probably in the pocket of the unpopular opinion, but I actually haven't played the Uncharted games through and through and loved um, that whole entire series. Um, I actually like the Uncharted movie. And I think I'm in the minority. Well, you know, I think we're in a place where they're finally getting, well, you know, it depends on who you ask. Yeah. Um, But I don't think we're doing the level of Super Mario Brothers anymore. I think when we we talk about Assassin's Creed, um, we're talking about Monster Hunter, we're talking about Mm -hmm. Uncharted, Sonic the Hedgehog, um, we're now talking about directors that finally understand how gamers 
want to see their art. And I, and, I, and comparably speaking too, like I I've played all the Assassin's Creed, and I'm looking forward to the ones coming up. So when I watched the Assassin's Creed movie, it was entertaining, but I didn't like how they approached it, where they had him, you know, Michael, like kind of plug in to that backpack thing, and it kind of lifts him up in the air, and he mm-hmm. holographically goes through all this free space jumping around. Because I mean. You don't do that in the games. You lie down and kind of like almost like a like an avatar case almost, <laughs> mm-hmm. and like to go into the system. So I mean, but I get why they're having. They want something that's a little more actiony because you can't just show the character getting into that. But you know, second thought, I take those words back because you actually could. You could actually get show the character getting into that. They could go into the person that they're assuming are you as you are in the games. And there mm-hmm. you can be, you know, Ezio for an instant, or you can be um, Desmond or somebody like that. So, I mean, I think they could have done that movie differently like that. So I would say the Assassin's Creed movie is, to me, I felt was, as an Assassin's Creed fan, I felt was okay because I was like, eh, it was just missing some elements that I wanted to see in it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but like I say, the Uncharted, I didn't mind so much. Um, I mean, it was... Uh, I, mean, I thought it had a, a good pace to it, and I like. I think Tom Holland did pretty good with the with the material. Um, I know a lot of people didn't like Mark Wahlberg being Sully. Um, they mm-hmm. felt like it was just kind of like the age gap needed to be bigger. And I know the story behind why they got with Mark Wahlberg, but um, at the end, I mean, I would say Mark Wahlberg kind of grew on me as a Sully because I like Mark Wahlberg's like kind of one-liners that he pulls off and a kind of a a polite, smart-ass attitude. <laughs> Yeah, like, wouldn't Mark Wahlberg be a better um, Drake? That's, That's what a lot of people were saying. They were saying he would be a better, like, Drake. And and I, and I so, like, it was just – and there's a story behind why they kind of picked him up. And, and it was like uh, – but, yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it was – Tom Holland didn't do bad with it, but, but Mark Wahlberg could have been, like, could have just as easily been uh, Nathan Drake because, I mean, yeah, with the age and stuff. Yeah, because as you're playing that game – you already like the graphics, and uh, you know are are up there, so you can picture what the actor who would play it would look like. Yeah, and I don't think anyone was picturing uh, Mr. Holland, which no. I know I know he's hotter than sliced bread right now. Oh yeah, yeah. So they had to pick him because you know he brings the money. But, you know, I, I think that kind of betrayed our, our view just a little bit. And, I mean, Tom, don't get me wrong. I mean, Tom Holland can act. I mean, yeah, he was in that that movie when he was younger with um, Ewan McGregor based upon the tsunami in Sri Lanka. Um, I forget the name of it. That was a good movie. And he was essentially a kid in that movie, and he acted really well. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in that Netflix movie. Um, what is it? The, the Devil Always Rest or something like that. With uh, and he was in that one with fellow co-star that played uh, the guy Sebastian played uh, the actor's name was played uh, Winter Soldier, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was a great Netflix movie. God, it was a great Netflix movie. And um, the Devil Always Lies, I think was the name of it. Yeah. So I mean, Tom Holland can act, but yeah, just I didn't picture him as like Nathan Drake. I know the internet all pictured like uh, um, Nick Fallon to be uh, from Firefly to be the next. Uh, they wanted him to be the. Uh, the uh, Nathan Drake. In fact, actually, I think my memory right, my history right, he actually uh, 
Nick actually made actually a uh, um, uh, internet-based uh, short movie where he was playing him. Mm-hmm. Man, I could make a list of movies I want Nathan Fillion to be in. Starting with Green Lantern at the top and Uncharted at the bottom. Yeah, see, I'm a Ryan Reynolds fan, but like I will say, like I, I agree with what he did at the end with like Deadpool, where he went back and fixed the thing where he like uh, took himself out from taking the the, the mm. uh, Green Lantern script because yeah, Green Lantern wasn't that good. <laughs> right. <Ugh. laughs> God bless him. Now here's here's a trivia question. Uh, out of all these movies I've listed, which one actually got a respectable score, um, according to both Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. They both agreed. I'm going to give it a. I'm going to give you like a trivia, a multiple choice. Uh, is it Monster Hunter, Werewolves Within, or Sonic the Hedgehog? Oh, and it's going to be Metacritic, and it has to be Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, they both agreed that this game is. A movie, movie, yeah. rather. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oof. I know what I want to say because, but I have to take the fan out of me, and I'll go and say Sonic the Hedgehog. You know what? I thought that that one would be it, but Sonic the Hedgehog got a sixty-three percent, but Metacritic only gave it a forty-seven. Now, mind you, Metacritic is very metacritical. But Werewolves Within got an 86%, which is the only movie based on a game that got into the 80s on Rotten Tomatoes. And Metacritic gave it a 66, which is actually kind of a compliment from them. So you don't see another 60 rating from Metacritic until 1995's Mortal Kombat. So... Which is kind of odd because that 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 game, when you ask somebody, mm-hmm. even who doesn't even play video games, if you, I feel like if you can go up to any Tom, Dick, and Harry, you know, mm-hmm. or or Jane, Jennifer, or you know, or Jackman, and say, "Hey, name a video game that is like gory," and they would say Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's just layman's uh, term that people just know that, and so it's kind of odd that 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 it's unusual to me. I would find that like. Uh, that Metacritic would give like a, a a game into a movie based upon a game that was actually known to be so gory that back then it was quite uh you know um you don't let your kids play this game and right our kids had to sneak around and play that game but here we go Metacritic's ranking it up there and stuff so but um Monster Hunter gets a bad rap I like Monster Hunter I'm a Monster Hunter fan I played it through and through um you probably see a Palamute statue like right behind me and um. But yeah, I played it month through and through. So I mean, I love that game. Yeah. Um, I'll always be a Monster Hunter fan. But yeah, I enjoyed the movie. And uh, but I feel I could say, you know, someone that's not a Monster Hunter fan, I could see maybe where they're just kind of like, eh, it's not for me. So I could see maybe a little bit that has you have to be more of a fan to appreciate that movie. <laughs> well, here's the thing about Monster Hunter. If you had told me there's a movie starring Mila Jovovich, okay, great. Yeah. Tony Jaa, love his karate movies. Yeah. Uh, Ron Perlman, favorite Hellboy. Yeah. I would say this movie sounds amazing. Let's go see it right now. But apparently they didn't feel that way about Monster Hunter. Yeah, it was. Um, and I was hoping they'd make it too, but it actually, yeah, the, the, the cost to make 
versus what it made. I mean, they were like way, 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 way in the hole. And so they were just like, they couldn't blame it on COVID. And so, because it came out around that kind of that, that, that pandemic era time. And so it was like, well, we can't blame it on that. So we, uh, there you go. And so, yeah, so there's not going to be a second one because I saw Millie has talked about that uh, the director actually has ideas and he wants to do another one. And, um, but yeah, he's just not getting, he's not having a studio kind of green light it or anything like that. What they need is Pixar to make a movie about those cats. The cats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Palicos, yeah. Everybody loves the Palicos, yeah. <laughs> Everybody will get back on board. There you go. The, uh, yeah, usually my Ron Perlman is the better Hellboy than David Arbor. I would say that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, hands down. I know the comic book fans will say that the, the the Harbor one is more, you know, faithful to the comic book and more to yeah. the atmosphere. But man, Perlman will always be my my Hellboy. Oh yeah, I, I, I could like it. In the day, I would rather like hang out with Ron Perlman Hellboy than Dave Arbor Hellboy. At the end of the day, anytime. He's more likable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know if anyone remembers. This is my last thought on video games as movies. Uh, Dead Rising, which was supposed to be about the Romero um, Dawn of the Dead movies. Um, but Dead Rising became its own movie. And not only that, but it got its own sequel. And they were free on Crackle. Have you ever heard of Crackle, the streaming service? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 Apparently, if you really, really need a free movie to watch and you're, you're desperate, you go to Crackle. Um, but there you can see the Dead Rising films. And I didn't think they were horrible. You know, they, for, the, for the budget and for the acting... And for the fact that they they tried to get like uh, they tried to get uh, you know a series out of it where you could make yeah. up theories and you know try to fall in love with the characters. Um, I I think it was an honorable attempt. Yeah, I have to like check it out. Definitely, I won't be expecting any Citizen Kane, but I I know there'll be an honorable attempt because what was that? Because that was what AFI. I think they did their top one hundred. And they write the number one was uh, Citizen Kane, if I remember yes. right. <laughs> I, what, what would you consider the Citizen Kane of the video game movies? Was it, is it Sonic the Hedgehog? <laughs> <laughs> Probably so, yeah. <laughs> what would you consider the clockwork orange of the video game movies? <laughs> I, would, I would have to say, uh, hmm, it would have to be House of the Dead 2. <laughs> Yeah, a Yui Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> my gosh, you know that man is crazy. Like, yeah, uh, you know, look him up. Uh, you know, set your eyes to cringe because his movies will evoke that emotion. Just, <laughs> just know he had our backs in the early two thousands for every video game imaginable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I just want to end our conversation on this. Um, it's a list of to-be-announced video games that are becoming movies. Uh, Gran Turismo, another racing. Mm-hmm. Borderlands, 
Crossfire, that free-to-play game, uh, Duke Nukem, uh, Firewatch, Five Nights at Freddy's, Gears of War, Ghosts of Tsushima. Um, I don't think I'd like to see that one. They really would have to do a good job on that one. Yeah. Um, It Takes Two, Just Cause, Just Dance, a movie about a game where you just have to dance. Okay. They made one about emojis. Metal Gear Solid, finally. Minecraft. Uh, they're making a sequel to Mortal Kombat. Uh, Portal, the film. Ooh, that's exciting. They better not screw that one up. Uh, Rabbids, which are pretty much just the poor man's uh, minions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Saint- <laughs> I'm never going to put it that way. Would you put it eloquently? Yes. <laughs> Saints Row. Uh, Channel Five, based on that train, that Space Channel Five game from Dreamcast. Wow, uh, that's getting picked up as a movie. Space Invaders. Uh, Interesting. How do you Space Invaders? Ghost Recon, Splinter Cell, and Yakuza is getting a film, but I I think they already have one. So, so there there you have it. Like. Reasons to get excited. Ghost is just seem like I would definitely, uh, I would definitely see that one. I hope they do that one right. They'd probably get like uh, what's his name, Kent Watanabe. He'll probably be in that one. Um, Chow Yun Fat probably be in that one. Right. And I imagine they'll probably get some of these like lead actors from that uh, kind of that feudal Japan that they play play in those roles. But uh, but they could uh, definitely do it well. You know, and as I look at this list, I, I realize I haven't even gotten to the international, uh, which has Ace Attorney had its own live action movie. It's uh, you know all in Japanese, mm-hmm. but it looks. Um, I heard good things about it. I heard it's like it's kind of a kids movie, and it's like as silly and crazy as it sounds. Anywho, if um, if you love Ace Attorney, you should definitely look up that one. Yeah, I never played any of the Ace Attorney. So yeah, some of the ones you were naming, like uh, I never have uh, played them. Talking about video games being picked. I'm just waiting until actually they uh, they cycle. They always cycle it back around. They give it about I feel like a ten year spread. They cycle around. They pick up the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and do another movie. So I'm waiting for them to be picked back up again. After I think what Michael Bay picked up the last set of them. When did him that did that? Yeah. Okay, so that is... I think we've exhausted or at least given our listeners some something to add to their watch list. I mean, I better see on your next list at least a few Yui Ball movies. <laughs> I have to try and check them out. That definitely I uh of uh are they kind of alien sci-fi horror or is it straight up horror? Well, which one are you talking about? Alone but, in the Dark? Yeah, yeah some of the stuff like that. Yeah, because I uh I, I have seen some horror, but I mean one of my favorite movies of all time is Alien. Like I could just I could start rattling off that script line for line right now. But I mean, as far as aliens, I could do the same. 
But Alien, I mean, I love that kind of like that tense type dark sci-fi horror stuff. But if it's more like straight up, I would call like horror. I don't ever really get to see too many of those movies. Well, usually I would just say you should watch it. But just, you know, please set your expectations somewhere like low around where your toes are. (laughs) And, And then when you watch the sequel, you know, set it even lower than that. Oh, so the sequel is not, it's not like, okay, everything we, we learned from the first one, we're going to adjust and apply it to the sequel. So the sequel will be much better in 45. Right. <laughs> um, so the last thing I have on our docket here is the one, probably the one game that deserves a movie the most and probably will never get one just because, you know, life is unfair sometimes. Um, is the game Half-Life. I mean, that game is basically you playing a movie. Um, I would like to tribute, but actually, I won't be able to be in that pocket too much. I've actually never played Half-Life, so you'd have to educate me about about it. So in 1998, the world got this epic adventure. First-person shooter, first-person crowbar simulator, called Half-Life, where you play a voiceless character named Gordon Freeman, who uh, definitely should be played by Brian Cranston. Because, um, you know, they have similar facial hair, and Brian Cranston's amazing. And basically, uh, Gordon Freeman sets off this event within his super-secret... Uh, and uh, I want to say it's like a chemical uh, alien... A uh, technology lab. It's called an unforeseen consequence. What happens? You know, okay. fam- famous title uh, that starts the game. Aliens from all over the world, all over this other universe, just start invading this place, and you have to kind of crowbar your way out, picking up better and new weapons. Um, the whole community modded the heck out of it. Um, but you know the game is still iconic. And do you now do you start? I might have heard of this at the beginning of the game. Are you working like in a lab? Like you go into oh, work yeah. that day, and it's like a normal day. Everything's mundane, but then it all goes to shreds. Like within yeah. the first like fifteen minutes of the game. Yeah, and you know the the lab guys you work with and the the guards you interact with are pretty pro- like they're. They're given enough character where a director could be like, oh, man, I could really have fun with this. And, you know, I could turn this into like a really fun movie, even a series. Netflix, yeah, I'm going to say, it sounds like it'd be very series-like. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't even have to be about the voiceless character, um, though he is very iconic. So you never have a single voice. Like, he, you never hear his voice at the end or anything like that. Nope. No, oh, okay. he, he only receives instructions. He does not give them. Oh, yeah, because I okay, you jogged my memory when you were telling me about it. So I have heard of this game, and I knew, I've heard people talk about it and saying, like, you know, how it begins and stuff like that. And um, about, you know, these entities start kind of coming through um, with, mm-hmm. with what you've done. And um, chaos ensues and everything. And you have to, like, just basically fight your way with just blunt objects to get out of there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know it was a popular game. I just never gotten around to like playing it. 
And there's a Half-Life 2, right? Right. There's a Half-Life 2, you know, double the power, double the graphics, bigger levels, bigger stakes, better acting. And the stories are connected. Yeah. The story is connected. You know, once, once again, like, I feel like if, if, you know, Space Invaders is getting a movie, like, why not Half-Life? Yeah, I would say, like, I agree on that wholeheartedly. Yeah, if they can make Space Invaders into a movie, like, I know you and I both know that arcade game. Ball. So, I mean, yeah, they, I can see, like, why if they're doing that. Why aren't they doing, like, Half-Life? What it sounds like you've got, just based upon those, those opening pages of the script that we just talked about right there, I mean, you could just, you could go places with that in a movie and uh, have all kinds of fun with it. You know, make it dark, make it more sci-fi-ish, you know, however you want to do it. And, right. uh, yeah, you know, people wouldn't even, they'd be happy if it was more of a comedy because it, it's a very comedic, it's the butt of many memes and jokes. So, yeah. Anyways, I think that just put, that put a cap on our movie uh, talk. And as an experimental episode of Film Logic, how do you think this went? I enjoyed it. I think it went well. I definitely, I enjoyed it. Uh, look forward to future topics and future things. And hopefully get, like, we'll get our uh, third uh, host on here. We'll get Presto in here. And definitely we'll uh, get his opinions and his input in here. And look forward and value that. So I think, yeah, I think it went well. Excellent. Yes, this was a lot of fun to talk about. I can talk about movies because there's uh, pretty much anywhere you can go with them. And I don't have to go. Uh, pay $300 for a movie that was made in 1995 because it's very popular and hard to get. Right. You don't have to look at price charting to make sure you're not getting cheated. No, right? <laughs> right. We definitely picked the, the right medium here. So here's a chance where we can talk about ourselves. Uh, are you in any podcasts? Anything you want to rep? Anything you want to say to the audience? Ah, sure. I'm, um, as far as like, uh, you know, look, enjoy being, look forward to this, being this podcast, being a host on it and definitely enjoying seeing it, helping it grow and being part of it. I'm definitely excited for its, uh, potential and how, you know, where we can take this. And as far as like, uh, social media, um, I'm on, uh, several discords. Um, but I'm like going as far as like, uh, they're like more of the, the Twitter, Facebook and all that. I am on Twitter. So something is where I'm located at. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Definitely, I do a lot of gaming. I do mainly on the PS5. I do on the Nintendo Switch. Don't own an Xbox, not because of an aversion, just because of like I don't have the time for three consoles. And as far as like movies, I say my taste and genre that I like. Um, I like dra- dramas. Um, do like some rom coms. Um, love sci fi and I love action. And I love any movie that's kind of based upon real life events. Um, and some of like more of the kind of the war uh, type movies, war documentary type movies that are based upon real life events, if you will. Not necessarily documentary. Watch a lot of documentaries. And as I already previously mentioned, I do dab a lot into the uh, the paranormal um, as far as in the uh, aliens and paranormal stuff as far as ghosts and uh, and uh, cryptics out there. So, but I won't go through the list of any cryptics. So, a bit about myself and my my watching taste. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't go out and look for ghosts or, or try and try and find them. So I'm not of that caliber. I just like watching it. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. Yeah. We have enough ghosts. Yeah, you won't see me on TV going, dude, bro, bro, did you hear that, dude? <laughs> right. Well, I'm Mike, and uh, the other things I'm a part of is I'm a part of a Discord group called Campus 180 which is like a, a young adult college Christian ministry, but we, we just like hanging out on Discord and playing games together and having fun. And, uh, you know, I love making trivia things for people. Uh, Movie-wise, I have this horrible curiosity about B-movies, about movies that kind of just fell into obscurity. So you'll see me dumpster diving through the free stuff on Tubi, maybe Crackle, trying to... Maybe soon to watch the sequel to Tekken to see how uh, that beautiful piece of art finished. Poetry in motion. Yes. Uh, more interested in the awful sequels than the f- movies that made them famous. Just because, you know, it's, it's that morbid curiosity. So, you know, I'll be watching the Crow 5, 4, 3, the one uh, that no one wants to talk about. Um. Other than that, you know, it's been such a pleasure uh, talking with you, Essen, and uh, I'd love to know what our fans think about this and our future topics. I know around the rumor mill, we might be talking about Back to the Future movies. Um, So maybe that might be in our future, but we'd love to hear how, how we did. Yeah, definitely. We'd love to have some feedback. Um, you know, anything like negative, please make it uh, definitely uh, give us some critical feedback so that way we can kind of know which ways to improve, not just you guys suck. And so don't be like the old guys from the Muppet Show. <laughs> I know. I, I cry easily, so just keep that in mind. There you go. <laughs> and on that note, thank you for joining us for Film Logic. Um, and we hope to see you again soon. Same here. Thank y'all.